0: Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting edge information as they plan their three to ten year business succession and exit. Every week we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Say hey, thank you for listening. It's all a pleasure to have you with me today. Um... My next guest, I think you're going to really like this one, Rick Tarion is the author of the new book, Ageless Startup, Start a Business at Any Age, and uh, we're going to talk about exploring entrepreneurship in the second half of life, how older workers can plan and launch small independent businesses of their own to build more financial and personal resiliency in their lives. Rick, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, Bill. Thanks for the invitation.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. It's a very interesting topic. <clears throat> you know, we talk about, uh, the, that stage of life when people are saying, I, w- I just want to do something different with my life. I want to change it up, but I really don't know what I should do. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't know what's out there. So this is a great resource for people. Tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you came up with the idea to, to write this book.
1: Well, sure. Thanks. The, um I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. I've been doing it for 50 years across multiple industries, um, small businesses. Um, I I looked back when uh, I was doing a transition from one business to another at about the age of 45, and I thought it was like the end of the world for me. And it's turned out that since the age of 45, I've started six or seven businesses. I've got a bunch of new patents, and I have customers all over the world that I didn't have prior to 45. And it just seemed to me that This is an age that is overlooked as a font, a foundry system for startups uh, and making new contributions to the world. And so I thought I'd put down my thoughts about it. And uh, the book came out of that.
0: That's fantastic, because I think a lot of people, when they think about, well, what am I going to do? They have kind of an old uh, I old ideas in their head about what they can do, maybe not realizing that the world has changed and information is valuable and they have information. Uh, so what are some of the biggest impediments you think older workers face when considering entrepreneurship, starting a, a, some type of a business?
1: the largest impediment that I found is that older folks don't give themselves permission to explore this subject of entrepreneurship. It's uh, painted in the media largely as a, you know, a game of 20-something-year-old billionaires that are, you know, sleeping under their desks and um, taking, you know, billion-dollar risks. It's really not what this is about. In fact, The majority of the startups in the United States are started by people over 45. And, in fact, the fastest-growing group within that segment is people 55 to 64. Um, The other part about this that I think is an impediment is that older workers don't, among all of the, the whole demographic, top to bottom, older workers and the youngest workers are the ones who tend to know the fewest number of entrepreneurs. And if you don't know an entrepreneur, you generally don't go into that field. So part of the work I'm doing is not only setting up a center for HLS entrepreneurs to help folks interact with one another and pick up mentorships.
0: That's a great idea. That's a really a great idea. The more resources, the better for people to find out about. Now there are, you know, there are jobs and there are businesses, right? A a business can be a job, um, uh, but when you're, Talking with folks about starting uh, some kind of a business, uh, I think you're right about the fact that they think, you know, this I, I might just be taking on – um, I might be wise to be careful what I ask for. What are some of the key steps to take away for those considering entrepreneurship in the ha- second half of life?
1: Well, I think they need to look past the stereotypes. And, yes, there is a difference in having a job and, and running a business, but there is a happy medium right in between there of small one-person businesses that can contract their services and their knowledge and their networks uh, outwards. There's, in the United States right now, or at least pre-pandemic, there was 32 million total businesses in the United States, and of those 32 million, 25 million are one-person businesses. And most of those work less than full-time. So you can enter this carefully and slowly and at your own pace and set them up to match your own values and the needs you have in your own life.
0: That's great. 25 million one-person businesses. Wow. Um, What are some examples of uh, uh, businesses or or people that maybe you've talked with and they started off saying, you know, I just don't know what I could do and then after they explore some of these things, maybe read your book, um, what are some of the examples of things that people might do? Can you give us a few examples?
1: I can. Uh, there's a great one. Um, she had been a friend. She had been working in a corporate job and loved it, uh, but it wasn't very fulfilling and wanted to start an advance to set something up for when she left that life and um, wasn't really too sure what she could do. She was a, one of 12 kids in the middle and had learned to make all her own clothes never thought much of this as a skill set Um, as she grew older and we got to have some conversations around this she set up a little small business to take family heirloom garments this would be great grandmother's wedding gown or christening gown things that are kind of moldering and falling apart in the back of closets people don't want to throw away because they're Uh, beloved, and they have great meaning, but they can't really be used anymore. And she found a way to use her skills one person at a time and repurpose those garments so that it could be made into something for this generation that still carried great-grandma's or great-grandfather's memories with it and with fabrics that they used. And she built a business around it that's called Heirlooms Again, and when she did retire, which was recently, she's got a year-long, at least a year-long waiting list of people who want to hire her to provide those kind of services for her. But it's it, it's where you are. It doesn't have to be a high-tech kind of operation, uh, although some people do know about technology. I think of one woman that uh, is in uh, Florida that retired as an educator and put all of her money in, in her 70s into a bus and packed it up with technology and started going around this inner city neighborhood and exposing young people to technologies that they wouldn't have had in any other way. And she ended up as one of Oprah's good friends. So she's interviewed in the book as well. It, it, it We all have skills. It doesn't have to be bleeding edge, the newest, coolest thing. People have been taking care of each other and supplying services to one another for thousands of years Um, This is just a fresh look at that in the 21st century.
0: That's terrific. Really great, great examples. I wouldn't have thought of those two examples. Um, You know, a lot of people I know have been doing something or uh, had a a hobby that they've loved for a long time, and they find out that they there are uh, markets for their knowledge. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the the knowledge economy and and how uh, a lot of people turn into specialized consultants for for work?
1: And that's exactly the model that I'm 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 promoting here. So, as as we age, you know, you get to forty. I tell people at forty, you should be thinking about this. At forty-five, you should be taking some action steps. And at fifty, you should be doing it. Um, the idea that we have uh, come to the end of our careers is is, is upside down. Uh, at that point, we are at our peak with knowledge and most importantly networks and know-how. Know how can often be a knowledge of what doesn't work. That's as valuable as almost everything else. And these kind of skills are um, hard won. And the fact that we can build little LLCs around ourselves, little shells of business shells around ourselves, go out into the world. I don't think one person companies or even small companies of multiple people are going to have all the skill sets that you need to take on the, the world's problems. But in fact, as a one-person LLC, you can group together with folks. I'm doing it here right now in in Pittsburgh, where I uh, came to. Uh, A group of small one-person LLCs came together and uh, put together a package, put together a proposal based on knowledge and networks that we had had. And it's blossomed into one of the coolest regional food system plays maybe on the planet. So one-person businesses, based on knowledge and network and know-how, is the future for the 21st century.
0: That's fantastic. Now, I know, uh, you know, to break down what a, a business is, everybody pretty much knows this, but it's, it's finding customers and it's fulfilling orders, right? Those are the two, if you said, what are the two building blocks of a business, I'd say that would be it. Um, could you talk a little bit about how to find customers in this day and age and how it's so different than several years ago. Like right now you're on a podcast talking to people uh, who are listening that you've never met before.
1: Right. The, the, the transition from the 1970s and eighties, when I first started doing this is, uh, is remarkable. Um, The ability to reach out and reach vast numbers of people is, certainly at everyone's fingertips. Uh, but there's also a way to filter that access. You don't want the largest numbers. If, if you're a one-person business, somebody starting out, you want to have what Seth Godin calls a minimal, viable audience. You want the fewest number of people uh, to, to start out. And that's a really doable piece of this. You get to choose who gets through the door. It can be a Uh, a closed group, uh, and and you can host these things on free international platforms that everybody can use. Um, But that's a really, uh, in this day and age, we're all after knowledge and networks, and we want to pay for it. And there are companies that are searching for ways to become smarter and more nimble in this contracting method for independent, wise, ageless entrepreneurs uh, is proving to be a really remarkable pathway for growing existing businesses and new ones.
0: Now, Rick, one of the things that you mentioned is out of your uh, your project here, out of your your uh, business, came a whole new idea to help the local community. Can you just spend a couple minutes talking about the artisan food network and and what it is, and is it something that other communities could? Put together and replicate for the benefit of their communities.
1: Sure. Well, and in, in artisan food networks is uh, actually a commercial LLC that I use, and and uh, the and the model I was just describing here in Pittsburgh is is a perfect example for how these kind of ageless individual operations LLCs can come together. We were uh, brought together by a convener, a, a large publicly created organization in the Pittsburgh region that had a specific idea for serving the community. And they had hired an organizer on site. Somebody was really good at this. It was a one person business. Um, So what we've done is put together uh, two or three one person businesses and some come and go at at different times of the project, but it frees everybody up to take on these community kind of projects and uh, serve. The communities with new business development, new economic development inputs and ideas and strategies and knowledge that wouldn't really appear by just waiting around for the right entrepreneur to fall in place with all of those skill sets draped over their shoulders. That, those kind of days are, are pretty limited and those kind of opportunities are pretty limited. The way to do this is to be smarter and faster and more nimble. And if we want to help these communities, and God knows they need help right now, um, putting together the smartest groups of people that can act quickly uh, is, in my opinion, the smartest way out of this mess and the fastest way out of it. So those people need to give themselves, these people considering this stuff, they need to give themselves permission to explore entrepreneurship. And the book and that center is going to be part of that. They need to plan their steps into it. This is not something you go rushing into willy-nilly. You need to start this thing smart. But most importantly, you need to build a practice around it, a professional practice. Just because you're a one-person business doesn't mean that it has to be unprofessional in any way. It's the equivalent of building a legal practice or an accounting practice or a medical practice. Uh, But all of these practices take time. They imply that you need to learn over time and get better over time. And I would suggest that many small businesses, these are not ways to pay the rent. Uh, They take longer than you expect. But what that means is not necessarily don't start. It means to start right now. It will take longer than you think. So start small, start smart, and start right now is the mantra.
0: Uh, you just took the words out of my mouth. I'm on your website right now, and I was just going to say those are the, those are three smart uh, little phrases for people: start small, start smart, start smart, and start right now. Easy for me to say. So, one of the things that you say on your uh, on your website is to uh, build your exit strategy into your launch. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you mean by that?
1: So I'm of the opinion that these are small businesses that you will interact with other small entrepreneurs throughout the latter part of your career. Um, Learning from those folks where your own limits are and what your own timelines are, what serves you best, is something that needs to be front and center, and I think you need to admit that up front, in my opinion. And you should be ready to say, okay, I'm going to do this for three years, I'm going to do this for five years, and at that point, I'm going to step aside. It's usually not an equity kind of a sale. There's not shares involved and and and, and that kind of thing. On the other hand, selling off interests and in your business assets to another peer at the time. I've done this a couple of times. I've taken businesses to the end of what I consider their just well run and sold them to vendors that, that wanted to pick it up where it was, where I was losing interest or losing enthusiasm. And they were glad to take that momentum that I had built up over several years or number of years at the time and added into their work. So looking among your peers, and that means living a life of honesty and integrity with your commercial peers so that when the time comes and you need help and you walk out with open hands, you've got friends to discuss it with.
0: That's a great tip to basically be thinking about how can I build, uh, whether it's a subscriber list or a list of an audience that continues to want what I have and then network with other people who do what I do, and perhaps you have something of value down the road, and perhaps uh, it's not even the the money that comes with that. It's just knowing that you've left your loyal followers in good hands, right?
1: Well, that's exactly right, and and I talk about you know mission, values, and goals. The values are, and this is the great gift to the entrepreneur here. These are your values that you are building an organization around,
0: and when it's time for you
1: to step aside, you watch those values go forward into the rest of the eternity and that you've set that knowledge and that opportunity in motion as well. These are small businesses. They take time. Uh, but they reward the entrepreneur richly and things like that and values. What I tell people is that this isn't really hard; it's just new.
0: Yeah, and you know, here's the thing: is uh, there was just recently. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but on on Amazon uh, on TV they have a new Carl uh, Reiner documentary about. It's I think it's called something like. Uh, First read the obituaries, then eat breakfast. <laughs> it's about <laughs> you know it's about what to do in your 90s. So we're talking about you know, people in their 90s and 100s. So one of the takeaways was uh, you'll like this. Jerry Seinfeld um, went ahead and booked Caesar's Palace for his 100th birthday. For his uh, the the gig he's going to do, he's forward thinking. Uh, this is great stuff. I, I love the the idea of the book, and I think it's a tremendous resource for our listeners who are starting to think ahead. Uh, like you said, it's not hard. It's just new, and really you can uh, benefit from the wisdom in this book called Ageless Startup: Start a Business at Any Age. And I note that it is available. Uh, online, Amazon, also at Barnes & Noble, Bookshop, IndieBound, and many others. Uh, but you also have a website. Is it okay to give that website out, or would you do that for us?
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, Bill. It's uh, The website for the book is ageless-startup.com, ageless-startup. And there's a sign-up sheet there to stay connected to us. Uh, the new Center for Ageless Entrepreneurs we're putting together is agelessentrepreneurs.org and that's going to carry this work forward
0: well i really appreciate you taking the time to to bring this to our attention i think it's a a tremendous uh, idea and uh, a great a great thing for our listeners to know about and if you're in pittsburgh and you're walking around and you happen to see rick on the street hey tell him you heard him on exit coach radio rick rick uh (laughs) Come back sometime and tell us uh, what you're up to and and keep us uh, apprised because I'd love to hear uh, where the movement's headed with uh, Ageless Startup. Thank you so much.
1: Great conversation. Thanks for the invitation, Bill.
0: Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.